Hello. Thanks for connecting to the teachings of Prophet Lovi Elias. May you be blessed by this teaching and may your life never be the same. To get the most value from this word, empty your heart and be ready to receive. If you have been impacted by this ministry and want to sow into it, please visit prophetlovi.com or revelationchurchla.org. Now here's our prophet, Dr. Lovi Elias. Judges from chapter 14, verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Amen. Amen. Touch your neighbor, say the law of attraction. I can't hear you. The law of attraction. The law of attraction. I think you can say it better. The law of attraction. The law of attraction. I touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> The law of attraction. The law of attraction. Mm, I don't know why, but I feel the law of attraction. Mm, I don't know why, but I feel the law of attraction. Touch your neighbor, say, I don't know why, but I feel it in my spirit. I don't, I don't know, know why, but, but I feel it in my, in my spirit. spirit. The law of attraction. The, the law, law of attraction. attraction. Uh, you may be seated in heavenly places. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what I'm going to teach you is a very interesting, uh, um, it's not only interesting, but it is powerful, and it is necessary for you to know as a believer in the Lord Jesus and as a child of God. There are a lot of things that we are ignorant of, but God actually requires us to know, and it is necessary for us to know, because if we don't know, then we miss the ways of the Spirit, and if we miss the ways of the Spirit, we make the wrong decisions, and if we make the wrong decisions, we perish. Remember, you are a, you are a decision away from potentially perishing. I don't know if somebody can hear me. So it is absolutely necessary as a child of God to understand certain spiritual principles in order for you to live a thriving life in the presence of God. The Christian life is not only about prayer, fasting, and, 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 and reading your word, but it is also in those things we find the patterns and the ways of God. Because if anybody is unaware of the ways of God, you are already in danger. Because if God ministers to you, how will you know that he ministered to you? If God touches you, how will you know that it is he that is touching you? If God directs you, how will you know that it is he that is directing you? So it becomes dangerous if we do not know the ways of God. 
you find a lot of believers when they see the word of God or they hear the word of God, their thought is very simple. Immediately what they conceive in their minds or in their hearts is a, 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 a God only speaks when you read his word. It is true that the Bible contains the word of God. It contains the truth of God. But if you look in scripture, it doesn't tell you what God wants you to wear right now. It doesn't tell you what job to choose. Are you here, somebody? It doesn't tell you who to marry. Is it not true? Ah, this year says I don't like them. Maybe I, yes. I will go to Canada. <laughs> there are certain instructions that are definitely not in Scripture. No, no, they are not there. But it is because as believers we have made a grave and big error. And our error is this, is that we forget that the word of God you have is not the ceiling, but it is the foundation. It is from the word of God that you build yourself. You know, when people say, if it is not in the word, I won't believe it. It's the craziest thing you can ever say. When Moses saw the burning bush, where did he see it before? Who wrote about the burning bush before him? Are are you listening to me? When Paul was taken out of his body, he said, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, I don't know. Where was that written before? When Ezekiel saw the four living creatures, who had written about them before? So it is ridiculous to say that if it is not in the Bible, then it's not of God. You are crazy. Because if you see in the spirit, you realize that the Bible probably contains 0.0001% of the things of the spirit. That is why the Bible says it like this. It says that the word of God is good for doctrine, for rebuke, for building. It is the foundational setting that it takes to build your, your, your spiritual capacity so that when God manifests to you, you can identify that is God. When Moses met God, he asked him, who are you? God didn't say, I am Uh, God didn't give him a name he was familiar with. God told him, I am that I am. If it was you, I bind you. (laughs) Spirit of I am. (laughs) Who art thou? (laughs) Because that's not the name you are taught about God. God appeared in in a way he had never seen. God comes differently. God is talking differently. He asks him his name. He tells him a different name. Then he looks and he says, okay. Being here because you care for the Jews, but I'm meeting you in the... Remember, the the children of Israel are in Egypt. God is appearing to him in Saudi Arabia, in Saudi. And God is being served by an African priest, an Ethiopian priest. What is he doing in Saudi Arabia? (laughs) That is where Moses meets God. So when he meets him, this God is concerned about the children of Israel. So this is weird. Moses did not even have the prophecy of his fathers. Because he was not raised like a Jew. He looks at him and says, okay, so who are you? Uh, he says, um, I am that I am. He says, seriously. What am I going to tell them? They will never believe me. He said, tell them I'm the God of their fathers. Notice God introduced himself differently first. Because he wanted Moses to have a different capacity. 
He wanted Moses to have a different capacity because what God was going to do with Moses, he had never done with his fathers. I'm the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then God tells him, to you, I will make myself known as Jehovah, as the Lord. So even a different identity God gave himself. Are you getting what I'm saying? Imagine if, if, if the names of God that we know today were not known yet. And I come here and I say, in the name of Jehovah, you say, ah, you see, he's serving. <laughs> he's serving. A, 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 no, we only know Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? So it is an issue if you don't know the ways of God. Because to know the ways of God is not only in physical principles, but it is in the ability to discern his spirit and his intention. We don't only know God because he has said something that sounds like it's God. But we can test the spirit. We can sense the spirit. We can know the spirit because of what God is always trying to do. Is this making sense so far? Now, I know in the world, if you have ever practiced New Age or anything like that, we deliver you in Jesus' name first. But the world is always talking about the law of attraction. If you say this, you attract this. If you do this, you attract that. If you sleep like this, you attract that. <laughs> but in reality, they have misunderstood the law of attraction because it is wishful thinking they call the law of attraction. But in reality, that is not the law of attraction. By the Spirit of God, I will teach you about the law of attraction. Because it is a real thing, it exists, but it is not what you're thinking. Let's start with love. Love is not because there is any emotional content. Love is simply a decision. Love is a decision. Love has nothing to do with affection, even though affection can help you in loving somebody. But affection can die. But it can be rekindled. But love is simply a decision. A lot of relationships die because people are seeking affection. They don't understand that love is a commitment. Love is purely commitment. Love is devotion that I have found a partner that I am going to build a life with. If I was sick today and I couldn't move, is the person I'm with going to wheel me around, clean me, take care of me, look after me, hold my hand even when I am departing? That is love. This is why the Bible says, for God so loved the world. God loved the world despite the sins of men. Jesus died for the world even though others will not receive him. That's why it says, to as many as believed on him, not everybody will believe in him. But he still made that sacrifice available. Why? Because God made a commitment to his creation. That even though you depart from me, I will cleanse you and I will bring you back unto myself. So a lot of people don't understand that love is a decision. Love is a pure decision. That's why uh, uh, love that has no actions is not love. Love without giving is not love. To love is to give. To give your time. To give yourself. 
And even to give your resources, that is what love truly is. It is a commitment to sacrifice yourself. So a lot of uh, relationships die because the affection can die. But love can remain. You can fight and love each other. You can bump heads and love each other. Ah, when we were growing up, me and my brothers, ah, if you saw us at it, you think that these people will never talk. Two minutes later, I was up, you want to go? <laughs> it is over. <laughs> it is finished. So love is what? A decision. Affection is the ability to focus and some, on something and to build an attachment to it. Is somebody listening to this? You can build your affection on your car. Such a new car. I love this car. You clean it. Your car becomes something that you value so much. Your affection is on it. But something else can show up. That can steal your affection. And it is no longer your car. It is your jet. Uh, See. I'm checking if you're here. <laughs> your affection can shift. Is somebody listening to me? Your affection can shift. Oh, I love this. Like, you know, one thing that God helped me to do is that I never give things I don't love. If I love something and somebody tells me, oh, I'm just praying, Father, let them not ask. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, let them not ask. Because if they ask me, it's gone. Because I consistently keep my heart pure by giving what I love the most. Not keeping what I love the most. By giving it. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? That's good. That way your hands are always ready to receive bigger and better. If you're not clapping, you're stingy. <laughs> we are checking you. <laughs> so affection can be shifted can move. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. And affection can be spiced up, but affection has the, it is in your ability to move your focus on something, encounter it every day, and before you know it, your affection is set on that. This is why the Bible says, set your affection on the things where? Above. Meaning that you can change where your affection will be. Mm. You can move it. Is this making sense? Yes. So affection is different from love. But people mix love and affection. You need both of them sometimes. But if you see the bigger picture, where you will love, you will commit, your affection will also follow. I feel like, let me stay on this side. I feel like these guys are just looking at me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, lust is dangerous because, but lust in itself, it is, it is something that consumes. It's not necessarily negative because the Bible both uses it negatively and positively. So it can't be just negative, but it is also positive. But mainly, 
it is more negative than it is positive. Why? Lust seeks to satisfy itself. Your stomach lusts after food. It desires food. But when you become, when you become lustful after food, you enter into what we call gluttony. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm talking. Are you sure you're here? Yes. Some people are binding McDonald's right now, Father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, it can turn into gluttony. Why? Because, remember, the world fell because of the lust of the eyes. Satan comes to Eve and says, Ah, you know, what did God tell you about the tree? She said, Ah, you know, he said we could eat any tree, but not this one. Then he tells her, ah, but you know, if you eat this, you become like God. Then she said, hmm, really? Yeah, that's not why he doesn't want you to eat it. The Bible says the next thing. She wasn't mesmerized about being like God. The Bible says she looked at the fruit and it was good. She was, this looks like if I uh, crunch. <laughs> The fruit will be deep. Imagine we fell because somebody was seduced. <laughs> but just let me just feel how my tongue will, my test buds will fire up. <laughs> Look how silly that is. So your mouth, your lust can get you in danger. But when it comes to relationships, is love, uh, lust takes. You can be lustful and you're in a marriage. You can be lustful and you're in a relationship. If your goal is to just satisfy yourself because love gives. So if it is just about what you want, how it will be like, and if they don't fulfill it, you don't want, you don't have love. You have lust. That's so good. <laughs> okay, let's change the message. God shall bless you. <laughs> Trust me, we are going somewhere. Is this making sense? Yes. It is good to know these things because what I'm about to share with you, it is necessary for you to be able to tell the difference. Amen. I mean, I can keep going, but let me, let me go to the main thing that I want to tell you. Attraction is different because attraction has nothing to do with you. Attraction is not because you want it. Attraction is your spirit and your soul being invoked. Even against your will. There is no powerful force that God has ever created more than attraction. Seduction is when I entice you to provoke a weakness in you in order for me to manipulate you. That is what seducing is. Seducing is, you know, you, you cut work a little bit. And somebody looks, Shanda Baba Baba. <laughs> 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of... <laughs> Father, I cover my eyes in the blood. In the blood. Blind me, O oh Lord. Let me be like Samson for this hour. <laughs> Seduction is not only sexually, but it's in different ways. Is this making sense so far? The devil can seduce you because seduction is hypnotizing you to be like a zombie for a moment where you don't see anything. You're just... Is, is somebody getting this? That is what seduction is. <laughs> Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So you can be seduced but that one you can fight you can resist because of certain things weakness is provoked by temptation if there is no temptation no weakness will be revealed are, are you listening to me if there is no temptation, there is no weakness that will be revealed. Let me be honest with you. A lot of you think you are more righteous than others. A lot of you think you are more righteous than others because you have not been put in an opportunity to sin. Amen. So good. Some of you are not listening to me. Many of you think you are better than others. Because you have not been tempted yet. Your location, you see, temptation has a setting. Jesus could not be tempted in the city. God removed him and sent him into the wilderness. Where he will be most vulnerable to see if there is any evil inside of him. When Jesus came out of the wilderness... He would always tell his disciples, pray that you are not led into temptation. Because if you go now, you're not coming back. Were the disciples tempted? Yes. After the Lord was taken, 100%. Because it's part of our purification process. It is part of our sanctification process. You never suppress weaknesses. Some of you try to control these things. No, you can't. You don't have the power to do so. And the Holy Spirit does not come to make you control it. The Holy Spirit comes to reveal it so that it comes out of you. Amen, amen. amen. Uh, I feel like I thought I was delivering somebody. Some people don't want deliverance. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. You need a setting to tempt you. Ah, oh, it's deep. Imagine God is, you know, that was what proved that Jesus was a worthy sacrifice, right? Not only because he was the son of God, but you are tempted. The Bible says you are tempted by your own evil desires. Because we are fallen in nature, there are things inside of us that are not good. That it is not a demon. <laughs> you can't rebuke the soul. I bind my soul. Huh? The mighty name of mm -mm. You can't do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is it not true. It's 100% true. Mm. 
It's a million percent true. I love what he said. Right on. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Is the now now capture this. We are going somewhere. We're getting close. But attraction is the most powerful force out of everything that I've mentioned because attraction has nothing to do with you. It is given at certain times, but many times it is misused because we are not spiritually uh, uh, um, seasoned. We are not spiritually... uh, uh, um, are built up in order to properly discern what the attraction is. Attraction is so powerful because it is a pulling to where your destiny is connected to. Amen. Amen. Let me go deep into it. Can I go deeper? The devil fell because of attraction. Let me explain to you. Every cherubim, the devil comes from a group of angels called cherubims. If it is singular, it is chirab. They are not little babies flying with the arrows. No. It is not that. If you know the nature and the purpose of cherubims is to be guardians and carriers of the presence of God. They are those who work and service the throne of God. The presence of God literally sits on them. They are literally the throne of God himself. Whenever you hear the throne of God, it is talking about cherubims. The Bible says, oh Lord God Almighty, the God enthroned between the cherubims. This is why on the mercy seat, there are two angels, specifically cherubims. Their wings are touching each other and that place is called the mercy seat. So the devil, Satan, or what scripture calls Lucifer, was already anointed for the purpose of serving the throne. But his time and preparation had not come yet. But the Bible declares that he was anointed. To be anointed means to be set apart for a certain work. But the Bible says something funny. It says, he began to think into himself because pride entered him. It corrupted the purpose of the attraction. Because every cherubim is attracted to the throne of God. He began to speak of himself. I will lift up my throne above the clouds, above the stars, and I will be like, he did not say I will replace him. He did not say I will fight him. He did not say I will go against God. He simply said, I will lift up my throne and I will be like him. The process and the purpose was faulty because he misunderstood the affection. 
Teaching good. This is good. I feel like you're not getting what I'm trying to say. It was a pool beyond him. Before him, there was nobody. Before him, there was nobody. People went up and down to the throne, but he had not ascended yet. That is why the Bible calls him Lucifer, son of what? The morning. Lucifer, son of what? The morning. morning. Jesus is called what? The morning star. Meaning this one was assigned to serve the morning star. You are missing it. I feel like I'm talking to myself. This is good. I'm trying to take you into the spiritual world and come into the realm of men. It was a prophetic thing. He was attracted to the throne because his destiny was supposed to be where the throne is. Yes. But because the heart was wrong, because of pride, it became about him. It, it wow. was no longer about destiny. He never even acted on it. He was kicked out of heaven. If you read Genesis chapter 6, you see another group of angels called watchers. Now the purpose of watchers was to watch over the affairs of men and not interfere, but to guide mankind without directly interfering with them. They could appear to you like Ezekiel saw them, Daniel saw them. They could appear to you, give you guidance, and they are gone. But they were not to interfere in the growth and the evolving of men. Are you getting what I'm saying? But in Genesis chapter 6, it says something funny, and I'm going quickly because of time. It says this, it says, And the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. They saw something and there was an attraction beyond what they could understand. It was enough for them to leave heaven and to come on earth. Come on, come on, teaching so good. I feel like I'm talking to the wrong people. Now, if if you have to understand that there are different classes of angels, different kinds of angels, and, and, and different realms that angels come from. Now, specifically the watchers. This is maybe your pastor didn't know, but let me help you to know. No, I'm being serious. I'm not, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just being honest. Because if somebody asks you, why isn't the devil having children today? How are you going to answer them? So this will help you to understand. If you look even in, in Daniel, it makes a distinction. If you look at Ezekiel, it makes a distinction between holy ones and watchers. Holy ones and watchers. Watchers are angelic beings also. But they are different from holy ones. Holy ones were created from light. Their substance is light. Watchers, their substance is celestial bodies. So they were created from another world, just like we were created from this earth. They were created from another substance. How do we know? They have sperm. So if they go into a human, they can conceive, even though the child will be an abomination. But nevertheless, they can conceive. That is where the Goliaths and them came from. 
It was the mixing of their DNA and human DNA. But the holy ones come from the heaven where throne, the throne of God is. This is why Jesus said it like this. He said, in heaven, you will be like the angels, neither given to marriage, neither marrying. But the watchers used a very interesting statement. They saw that the daughters of men, meaning they have their own daughters. Um, I'm talking to, let me find somewhere where somebody wants to hear the truth. How can you compare what you have never seen? If men are the first ones to have daughters, why would you say, and they saw that the daughters of men, so they are daughters of watchers also. Are you getting this? But there was an attraction. And they were attracted to their assignment. But in a negative way. I'll say that one more time. They were attracted where their assignment was. But in a completely negative way. Samson is coming from a place called Timna, minding his own business. Everybody's afraid of him. You mess with him, he beats you up. So he's walking through enemy territory. He sees something and says, ah! The first thing is he's so pulled. He goes to his parents and says, hey guys, I saw something. He doesn't say he was seduced. It doesn't say anything like that. He just was pulled. And he went to his father and mother and said, Listen, I have found somebody. I need you guys to marry her for me. It means that Samson was not a fornicator. He was not somebody after last. They lied to you about Samson. If he was pulled to the point he could not understand, his first thought is like, Listen, I need to marry this person and be done. It tells you that inside of him there was no lust. So good. Uh, some of you are not listening. I wish you would really listen genuinely. And this is when you read from the time he was conceived. This is when he's mature. Now he's living his life. They say, ah, he goes to his parents and says, ah, I need you to marry for me this woman. I saw her among the Philistines. The father and mother said, you, don't you know the law of God? Nobody is supposed to be attracted to billions. Nobody is supposed to be attracted to mansions. Come on. Nobody is supposed to be attracted to elevation. Come on. No one in our family is supposed to be attracted to success. Nobody is supposed to be attracted to open doors. Yes. You are just supposed to be local like all of us. Why are you trying to yes. go somewhere yes. where nobody in our family has ever yes. been? Yes. I am prophesying to somebody yes. that there is something that is about to pull you. I receive. Yes. Ah. Amen. Amen. I'll sit for two seconds. Sit, 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 sit. Sit, sit for two seconds. If you're here, wave your hands, please. Wave your hands. 
Ah, these three are just looking at me. Wave your hands, please. <laughs> the second one is just smiling. What about mom? Wave, wave your hands if you can hear me. Can you hear me? Wave your hands. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm joking. I play too much. Forgive me. <laughs> but, but, but listen listen to this. Samson is pulled. He doesn't understand. He goes to his parents and says, listen. I don't know. They said, is there no daughters amongst our brethren? Even from my family that you can marry because God gave them a law. He said, uh, until you are settled in your land, you should never marry outside your people because they will bring other gods. Remember, this is what Solomon did and brought a bunch of gods into their country because he had several concubines and wives put together and they brought other gods into the nation. So God was not into them doing that ever. So Moses spoke to them and said, listen, you will marry among your brethren. If they are not Ronit and, and Michelle, you are not allowed to marry. Keep it, keep it kosher, <laughs> Jewish. <laughs> That's what God told them. No, seriously. So here comes God again, doing something to Samson's heart, who is anointed, born for the purpose of defending the Jews. God does something into his heart. All of a sudden, my guy is pulled to the enemy. And his father and mother said, no, we need to take you to Revelation Church for deliverance. Amen. You have problems, Samson. Amen. You have to understand that when the father and mother said, why do you want to marry a daughter of the uncircumcised? You have to know what that means. It, means, it meant that they are not covenant people. They are not a chosen people. How can you choose somebody from the curse they rejected from God? This is what they said to him. And Samson made a deep confession. He said, I don't know why. She just pleases me. He did not have a conversation with her. He did not hug her. It was not even a holy hug, the Christian one. Where... <laughs> Church hugger. <laughs> there was nothing like that at all. Nada, zero. He said, I don't know why. She just pleases me well. I can't explain it. The next verse says very interesting thing. He said, the father and mother knew not. It was the Lord's doing. It was not up to Samson. It was not up to his mother. It was not up to generational curses. It was not about family ties or family limitations. Amen. There is something that God is brewing inside of you. Amen. There is something that God is provoking within you. Yes. To take you from where you are. Amen. And to plant you in the midst of what God yes. has called you to do. Yes. I will see. Amen. Uh, I wish somebody could hear me. 
Ah, sit, sit for two seconds. I'm about to be done. I'm about to be done. Are you here? Yes. The issue is... Let's read this scripture. Let's read this. So that we can, because of time, let's read this. Let's go to First uh, Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. First Peter 3, 3. First Peter 3, 3. Listen to what it says. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing gold or putting on of apparel. Notice what Peter is saying here. You know, some, some foolish people, they have perverted this verse because they don't understand what the verse is saying. So they have used this to say, women should not wear jewels. Should not wear gold, man. Wear sackcloths. It is pleasing unto God. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. He's saying, let your adorning not be focused on only having nice hair, braiding hair, nice clothes. They are good, but let it not be what you focus on adorning. Because remember, the same God looked at Solomon and told him, I will make you so beautiful. I will dress you so well. Then the same God says to us, he's saying, even Solomon with all his glory will not look like Prophet Lovi. Amen. Look at your jealousy. <laughs> I know it's scripture. He said that he will dress you way more than Solomon. God said that. So we know God is not against you looking nice. Our God wants you to be extra looking good. How can you represent the king and you look... Why, why would anyone be attracted to your God? Are you listening to that? Yes. There are people, if they come and tell you, you need to receive Jesus, they smell your cologne, they look, they say, I need him. (laughs) This is true. I don't want to live in the mountains under a tree until the coming of Jesus. No, that's not what I want. God wants us to have life and life what? More abundantly. That is the desire of God. Amen. You dress nice, you look nice, you feel good, everything feels good. Amen. Let it not be of this, but number verse 4, listen to this. Verse 4. Verse 4. Musa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> May God bless you. <laughs> But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Ah, there is a hidden man inside that needs to be clothed. Yes. Amen. Don't just go to the gym externally. Uh-huh. Make sure the guy inside is also gymming. Come on. Your spirit man is also gymming. Amen. Your inner man is also strengthened. Yes. Your inner man is also having abs and all these things. Yes. yes. You see, many of you don't understand why we whoop demons in this house. Amen. Why we can see spiritually. It is because the Gucci 
is a small reflection of the inward adorning. Amen. It is a small reflection of what is inside. That is why I just do me. Mm, I wish somebody could hear me. Thank you. Daddy, please tell them again. Authentically you. Amen. Amen. There is something that happens inside. Once that place starts being adorning, there is something that changes. Do you realize that if you have peace, you can wear flip-flops and you will still look like you're putting on billion-dollar clothes. Because the inward adorning starts taking over the outward adorning. Amen. You can wear a simple t-shirt, jeans and flip-flops and you're walking about and everybody will turn and say, who's that? Amen. Who's that? And there are people who will overdress. I call it overdressing. They will try to put on the best pieces together and you look at them and you just see darkness. That's true. I don't know if it is prophetic eyes. You just see them dark. That's true. They are trying to flex their things, but it just looks cheap, even though it may be expensive. It just doesn't make sense. Why? The inward adorning has not happened. So the external cannot shine because the light shines from yes. within. Come on. Amen. If you're not shining internally, yes. you cannot shine externally. Amen. Hallelujah. For you to shine externally, you must what? Shine internally. internally. That's good. When you carry peace, ah, yes. Teach. you even smile different. Yeah. <laughs> you are waving his... You're not worried about anything. There is a fulfillment within you. When the inward adorning is there, you may suffer for a little bit, but you will feel like you are king. And you know for a fact that in a little bit, what is inside shall be manifested externally. People may not know right now where you're going, but you know because you are experiencing it. That when that time comes, when God brings it outside. Yes. Ah, yes. It will be not a surprise to you. Yes. See for two seconds. You know, I, I have six minutes. You know, every time I remember, I remember when uh, uh, one, one time uh, JT came and asked me, said, so Papa, how you feel about us having this? And I said, you know what? I even forgot about it. I'm already thinking about the next thing. Because once God shows you something, you attain it. You don't stay there. For some reason, he pulls your attraction to something bigger. So you no longer see this. You appreciate it. You love it. But, and you are not, you are not uh, uh, what is it called? You are not also attached. You know, the, the, you are not attached. You love it. You care for it. But you know there is so much more and it is not a surprise to you. Everybody else will be surprised, but to you, it's, it's, thank you. You are just calm. It's just normal. That excitement of, it is not there. Once in a while you remember where God brought you from. You get on your knees, you say, Father, you are worthy. Amen. But you're not surprised of what he's doing. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let, let, let me continue with my verse. Five minutes. JT is already looking at me. I can feel his eyes. Let's go back. I didn't finish verse 4. Musa, what is the rush? Jesus Christ. I only read one line. Huh? Oh, who is it? Andrew is defending. He's saying it's not Musa. <laughs> it's okay. Whoever is not Musa, be patient. <laughs> ah, you are, you are a good advocate. He was like, it's not Musa. <laughs> Uh, you have been saved, whoever you are. <laughs> but let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is no what? Corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Which is in the sight of God of great your value to God is your ability to be calm. Because anyone that does not possess a calm spirit is a public danger, will make hasty decisions, and will miss everything that God has for them. Amen. Even though they pray in tongues, even though they fast and pray, yeah. even though they give tithes and offerings. Yes. This is why the Bible says it like this. Anyone that can manage and control their spirit is more powerful than a man who can possess or capture a whole city. Amen. A person that can capture a city is not as powerful as a man that can manage their inner man to adorn him and to make him calm. That's so good. You see, you can be irritated in your soul. This one is usually circumstantial. Every second deep breath. <sighs> your soul is unable to manage situations. Sometimes it happens to me, I'll sit down and I'll be like, especially when Christian went home, ah, this was the t I've never felt this before. But God helped me. You know, I, you, you sit and you feel that, okay, you breathe and you calm down. But that's in the soul. There are people who have a hasty spirit. You think they're basketball players. <laughs> you can hear the squeaking. There is no calm enough. There is no patience. There is no calm. There is no patience. The ability to sit down and say, you know what? Things are tough, but let me wait on the Lord. Let me stay calm. You see, 90% of the things you will do towards God is born from your spirit. That is why the Bible says, a broken spirit dries up what? The bones. 
if your spirit can be afflicted, everything in your life can't move. It doesn't matter if your soul is rapa, kappa. Ah, I'm reading the word. You praise dance. And then somebody after that will ask you, how are you doing? You know, trusting God. That means I'm not doing well. I am suffering. And I don't know if help is coming. Now let's be honest. You meet somebody, you say, uh, 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 how are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Then you just experiment. How are you really doing? The blessed and highly favored will not be the answer. <laughs> it will be something else. You know, you know, it's been really tough, you know. A lot of things have just been tough. So you realize that their declaration was fake. Every time somebody came to Job, how are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. He's sick. How are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Cast God and die. No, I'm blessed and highly favored. You lost everything. I'm blessed and highly favored. There was something inside of him. Yes. That he understood that his affliction is for a short time. Yes. His inward adorning sustained him. Yes. Amen. And kept him. So that when God brings that attraction, they know how to manage themselves to get to where they're supposed to get to. Some of you tried to marry people you are attracted to, not understanding maybe they were just supposed to contribute something in your destiny. You rejected love for attraction, yet attraction was just a destiny path. But because there was no adorning of the inward man, you translated it and interpreted it to be that is the love of your life. I just stepped on some toes, huh? Teaching good. Teaching so good. Somebody's foot, no toes, huh? Somebody's delivered, right? Yeah. Amen. 100%. One year, I am believing God. Two years, I'm believing God. Three years, I'm trusting God. Five years, I'm waiting on God. Ten years, ah. The person has multiplied. <laughs> but it is because it is not that your pulling was wrong. The pulling was correct, but what was the purpose? If the adorning of the inward man is off, then everything that God pulls you towards, you will interpret it based on what you're missing, not based on your assignment. I thought somebody would clap their hands because God is speaking to somebody. That's good. Is somebody really listening to me? Yes. Are you sure you can hear me for real? Yes.
you may mistake it for what it is not. Because the deep calleth unto what? Deep. What does that mean? What was put inside of you by God will always be a magnet that will invoke your spirit. What God planted inside of you will always be pulled by the destiny like a magnet. This is why your inward and dawning needs to be good because if it is good, then if it is a pulling of the soul, then you know it is carnal. You'll be able to tell what is pulling my spirit and what is pulling my soul. If it is pulling my soul, is it coming from my needs? Is it coming from my fears? If it is pulling my spirit, ah, this one is destiny. What is the mission behind it? If these things are not in place, you will do what is called insanity, not the workout. (laughs) Doing the same thing, hoping for a different result. You find yourself in the realm of insanity and not the workout. God is calling you and is calling me to a place of the renewal of the spirit and of purpose that we can be sober to know what what God is pulling us to. Some of you, you are pulled to entertainment. Not because it is your passion. You see, when it is a pulling, it's not even passion. That's just what you do. You just don't even know how to do anything else. It just pulls you. You are trying to shake it off. You try to go to school. do, But this thing keeps calling you. Gaby. Gaby. You say, uh-uh. Gaby. Then you stretch your hands. Gabriella, (laughs) before you know it, it takes you. When God called me, I did everything to avoid it. Since my childhood, I'm seeing visions, I'm doing all these things. Ah, It was not something that I actually wanted to do. I love the Lord with all my heart. I don't know what he did to me because I can't take credit for it. I have always, my affection has always been on God, 100%. Unwavering, unshakable, it has always been to God. I can error, I can miss it, but my affection has always been on God. Even my own siblings, they, can, they never understood it. I used to be that kid that would get in trouble for being in church too much. Because anywhere I could serve, I served. I would leave for church at 6.30 in the morning. I will be back at 6. And they will be like, why did you say so late and you know you have school tomorrow? My brother Richie will punish me. You need to stop this. Next week I'm back doing the same exact thing. Until they got tired, they just understood this is where this... But even me, I couldn't tell you why I was there. And when I was there, I would ask, what can I do? Do you need me to clean? Do you need me to play drums? I was never looking for a position. I was looking for a way to serve. Because when I was there, 
there was a fulfillment that came within me. Amen. Amen. Me and my brother Christian have blown up musically in East Africa. Touring, going places. We will travel and go on tour and everything. But every Sunday morning if we were in the city, they knew to find me in church playing drums. Until my own uncle said, you know now you are too big for you to be doing this. I said, Papa, this is where my heart is. All over in church. Not just to sit on the floor crying to God. If I did anything, I took it to church before it was released. Why? There was a pulling. I didn't even understand how great the purpose was, but it was something within. Even my own brothers would be like, okay, this, uh, today I'm, I'm, I'm nah, me, it will pull me. It is not like I saw some powerful man of God and I say, yeah, that looks cool. No. It was something within that pulled. What is pulling you? What is pulling you? You need to ask yourself this. Are your these temporary desires of... I need money, I need this, I need that. Clouding your judgment not to see your destiny. Or is your destiny so big that when you are pulled, you consider things after the flesh, it discourages you to go. You need to know where you are because you see, destiny is heavy. On the shoulders, it is heavy. Sometimes it can feel like an elephant is sitting on your chest. Because the purpose is so big. Sometimes you don't even know how to start, but the pulling will always direct you to where you need to begin. Uh, Somebody missed what I said. If your pulling is dull, you will not know where to begin because that pulling will just bring you somewhere. It will just pull you somewhere. I know uh, uh, Mr. Benjamin can attest to this. I am one of the most determined people ever in this life. When I had come and, and my green card and my, and my visa stuff was not all put together, this is years ago, Everyone was telling me, you can't get this, you can't do this, you can't intern. I still did it. Because once you are pulled, and it has something to do with your destiny, no excuse will hold you. Amen. No sickness will hold you. Amen. Nothing in your life will hold you from receiving what God has ordained for you. I want you to stand and I want you to pray. Many of you, you're crying because of your needs, but your prayer has never been to cry for your destiny. Father, bless me. God, open my doors, but the blessing is where the destiny is. 
If you're not going where destiny is, how will you be blessed? Because your blessing is where destiny is. Blessing should not have sorrow. You can make seven figures and you are man and woman of sorrow. It means that's not a blessing. Money can buy you a bed, but it will never buy you sleep. Money can get you the best doctors, but it can't buy you health. Money can't buy a peace of mind. Money can't buy a good marriage. Money can't buy a relationship with God. As much as we need money, it is not the most important thing. It is simply a tool God has given us in order to fulfill purpose using it. It is like a car you get in, you start, and it drives somewhere. But it is not the main focus. When you are in destiny and in purpose, money will look for you. Amen. I, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Here. When you are in destiny and you are in purpose, money will hunt for you. Amen. It will look for your address and it will find you. Amen. Have you ever asked yourself why rich people get richer? It is because they have gotten to a place where resources are coming. They are coming by themselves. They are no longer fighting for it. Opportunities to even make more. Now it is no longer about being broke. It's just winning. Why? Because they carry something that can fulfill another's purpose. If somebody takes... Let me just use a, a, a simple example. If Versace right now comes and takes you to take a picture with their color, no one will buy it. It doesn't matter how good you look. You may be looking like an angel that fell from heaven. Nobody is going to buy it. But give it to Kanye. Let him just be in a picture that it's there. Everybody will buy it. They have reached such a place that they can fulfill other people's destinies. That's why when, when, when you go into agencies or in movies or, or even in any sector of work, they don't just look at your qualification. They look for the it thing that they can't explain. Always, I don't know. They are not really qualified, but they have that thing. My prayer for you all this morning is stop just praying for your needs. Your needs will be met when you're in purpose. When you're in purpose, there is no way you'll be lacking. Amen. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed beg for bread. Your needs will be met beyond what you can think of. But it needs you. It needs your eyes to be opened in the place of purpose. 
let the pulling of your inner man, not of your emotion, not of your affection. Many times, many of you are attracted by your hobbies, not your gifting. The gift comes so naturally that many of you have undermined it. And when we are talking about gift, we are not talking about a, a spiritual gift. We are talking about what God just gave you naturally. Some of you, you make people laugh when people didn't even... You're not even joking. You're being serious. Somebody say, why haven't you ever acted before? Ah, that's not my thing. I want to be a scientist. Ah. (laughs) One of them is sitting on drums. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Jason, are you getting what I'm saying? Don't confuse your passion for your gifting. Amen. Your gift will make room, not your passion. Yes. You can be passionate about things that will never elevate you. Are you listening to me? Man of God, with the, this man, lift your hands. This, yeah, lift your hands to God. I am seeing an interesting vision and I want to pray for somebody, okay? I don't know who this person is or how they are connected to you. I saw somebody that has cancer that God is going to heal. Amen. Uh, Can you I, hear me? I have visited uh, four years ago. Huh? Four years ago, I visited when you were located the other place. In the other place, you visited yes. me in the other location. Yes. There will, is, there you is. Say things that happened. Oh, God is good. Amen. But but hear me clearly, sir. There is somebody that has an attack of cancer. I don't know how this person is connected to you, and it is a woman. But the Lord is saying he's going to heal this woman. Do you know this woman? I tried to heal him, heal her, but. I went uh, to see her a couple of times, but I think uh, her husband doesn't believe. Uh, so you know this I, woman? I can help uh, that woman, and I never go there anymore. I, so you I, know the woman I'm talking about? <laughs> Professor! When I looked at you, I saw a vision of a woman. I didn't understand how she was connected to you because I looked blood and all this. It wasn't there, but I did not understand. But if you will lift your voice today and pray for them, God will hear you from heaven because he has already said that this person will be healed because of you. Amen. Honestly, honestly... uh... I'm sorry for my bad English. No, 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 it's okay. Even mine is... We are exotic, so it's okay. <laughs> there was decision, like... And they, they were surprised. But I don't know why they stopped to believe me, uh, actually, my help. No, it's okay. You don't, they don't even need to I'm see I'm not you. healer, gut uh, healing, yeah? yeah? Of course, but it's okay. You just have to pray for them from here. Let me tell you how far I've seen the cancer go. I've seen it go to the brain. Are you listening to me? The cancer went to the head, the brain. I saw the cancer spreading to the brain. I saw it starting in here, but I'm seeing it spreading. It went from chest. It is going to the, to the brain. 
But the Lord said, if you pray for the woman and you call on God, God is going to heal her today. Hallelujah. Amen. It is not prophetic service, but this pulled my spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so lift your hands to God. I really pray that you will experience this gift and ability. Amen. Ah, this gift and ability is sweet. You'll be like a chess player that already knows 10 moves before anybody. Whether those who love you, your enemies, you will see them before they come. So I, I want you to sincerely, genuinely, go before the Lord and tell the Lord Jesus, Father, cause me not to make decisions based on my soul. Don't let me sacrifice destiny because of my needs. Don't allow me to give up because of my temporary suffering. But by your spirit, pull me. Pull my inner man to the place of destiny. Lift up your voice and pray. Thanks for joining us. We trust that what you have received today will change your life forever. Please follow us on social media at Prophet Lovi and Revelation Church LA for updates, events, and teachings. If you are interested in connecting with this teaching, head over to ProfitLovi.com or RevelationChurchLA.org and click on Giving. Revelation Church is located in Simi Valley, California and has prophetic service every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to see you there. Until next time, Shalom.